Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? Hello, ladies. This is Suge Burry, and you are listening to Him for Her Radio Women's Hot Topics. And I want to get to this topic as soon as possible. As much as I would love to listen to that song recommended by my sweet pea, Shelly Burry, um, I love it. Let your words fall out. I want you to be brave. Ladies, we are touching topics that are tough. We have to be brave. We got to bring them to the forefront. As Christians, we can't just sweep these things under the rug. And so what am I talking about today? Today's topic is called transgender. God should have made me a girl. And that's a quote from one of the books of our author today. But before I get to that, I want to just share with you a, a little bit about my views and where I come from. Often when I interview therapists on this show, and we've had some excellent ones, they're commenting that the most common issues, now I ask them this off air, what are some of the most common issues that you have with clients? And they said, oftentimes it's young children stressing over choosing their sexual identity. And the book that we are talking about today is called Love Thy Body by our author, Nancy R. Piercy. And this professor is just so amazing. I can't wait for you guys to hear from her. But in her book, she said, schools make such a big issue now. The kids are constantly asking each other, are you gay? Are you trans? I mean, lady, ladies, where has this world gone? How are we going to handle these topics when our kids bring it to us? We need to be prepared to look at this topic through the lens of Jesus Christ. And we need to have this conversation where your voice can be heard. Bev Canaris is my guest co-host today. Bev, can you tell I'm a little fired up about this topic? I sure can. It is an important topic, and often as Christians, we find ourselves without a voice. Mm-hmm. So hopefully to, after today, they will have a voice, mm-hmm. and they will recognize this as the truth rather than what culture is trying to squeeze into our heads, minds, bodies. Now, if you're just listening, you're going, I'm not listening to this stuff. You're not going to go from that bigoted Christian point of view. No, I think you're going to be shocked mm-hmm. and hear what we're going to talk about today. Um, my guest host, Bev Canaris, is a wife a mother, a grandmother, and not only that, she's my mentor. She is a teaching leader for Bible Study Fellowship for over 30 years, speaker, teacher, and mentor to many. Bev's life purpose is to teach the Bible and share the gospel of Christ in order to raise up Christian leaders to serve in the church. And, you know, she just doesn't do this haphazardly. She does it with excellence. Bev, if I pulled away anything from the time that I have spent with you in leadership, it's that you lead with excellence. Mm. Kind words. Thank you, Shug. Yeah, you can pay me later. I, I will. Okay. I will for sure. <laughs> would you like me to introduce our guests? Now? I would love it if okay. you would. Thank you. Well, I'd like to introduce you listeners to Professor Nancy Piercy. Um, she's the author of this recently released book, Love Thy Body, answering hard questions about life and sexuality. It has been my favorite read uh, for a long time, and I've been studying it and marking it. You're I, I just can't say how helpful it has been in my own life. Her earlier books were The Soul of Science, Saving Leonardo, Finding Truth, How, Sh- how Now Shall We Live, and then Total Truth. 
Her books have been translated into eight languages. She's a professor and scholar-in-residence at Houston Baptist University, a former agnostic. Piercy has spoken at universities such as Princeton, Stanford, USC, Dartmouth. She was highlighted as one of the five top women apologists by Christianity Today and has also been hailed as the economist as America's preeminent evangelical Protestant female intellectual. Now, that's a mouthful, and um, we are just so privileged to have you on here today, Nancy. Thank you. I'm privileged to be here. You know, I'm in, I'm kind of in awe that you'd even come on our show and share about your fabulous book. I have followed you for quite a while. I've read several of your books, the ones that you've co-written with Chuck Colson. Um, and so Love Thy Body was recommended to me uh, by Bev Canaris, my mentor. She said, this is a great book. She's a uh, wonderful author. You've got to check it out, Chug. So, Nancy, thank you for your busy schedule for coming on and allowing us to kind of pick your brains on these tough topics. Well, thank you. And I'm so glad that you're focusing today on transgenderism because that, like you said in the intro, that is a topic that is filtering all the way down to our young people, back down to kindergarten, and we do need to have a handle on how to respond to it. So tell me, just give us a general overview of Love Thy Body. Why did you write the book? And, um, and, and just share with us a little bit about it. Right. I wrote Love Thy Body precisely because we are fighting these sort of headline issues like transgenderism, homosexuality, euthanasia, abortion. And what I wanted to help people to see was that the secular ethic is actually based on a low view of the body. That's why I called it Love Thy Body, because the counter to secularism is to love your body. We tend to have this backwards. Many of us think that the Christian view is, is a low view of the body, that it's, you know, the body doesn't matter. It's only the spirit that counts. Here's how one of my students put it. She said, growing up in the church, I was always taught, spirit good, body bad. Mm. And when I say that to audiences, I always get lots of heads nodding. If people say, yeah, yeah, that was pretty much my experience. And we're kind, Christians are kind of known for being negative, for saying, don't do it. It's wrong. It's a sin. And there's something wrong with you if you do it. And in Love Day Body, I help people to see that, no, the, the message of Christianity is your body is valuable. Your body was made by God. It has high dignity. And all of the Christian ethics rests on a very high view of the body, and that should be the heart of our message. Mm. And, you know, as I read this book, and thank you again, Bev, for recommending it, as I read this book, you just take it from a different perspective than I've heard anybody else take. So if you've been offended, listeners, in the past by what some Christians may have said, I really recommend you pick up this book, Love Thy Body. Get through the first two chapters so you understand completely what she means when she talks about dualism. But before we get to that, I'm going to get right to the topic of transgender. Some people don't know what that means. Could you explain what that is? Sure. So a transgender person is a person who feels as if their inner sense of being male or female contradicts their body. So it's a person who's physically male but feels emotionally like they're female. And now, in one sense, uh, there's, a, there's a technical term for this. It's gender dysphoria. And you can have gender dysphoria and not become transgender because it's a, the, the gender dysphoria is the feelings. 
transgenderism is when you make it your identity. Mm. When you say, okay, it's not just my feelings, but now I am going to identify as a transgender person, meaning a person whose inner self is contrary to their, to their body, that they, their inner self is, not the, is the opposite sex of their body. Fascinating. Could you share briefly with us the two-story body person dualism you describe in your book, that you really carry that theme throughout each chapter? Right. So I think that the way we need to address transgenderism is to help people to see that this is a profoundly disrespectful view of the body, that you're devaluing the body. In fact, transgender activists argue explicitly that gender has nothing to do with your biological sex. There's a BBC documentary on the subject that says at the heart of the debate is the idea that your mind can be at war with your body. At war. So this is an inner conflict, uh, an inner dissociation. And, of course, in that war, they say it's the mind that wins. It's your inner sense, your feelings that determine your identity. And I'll give you an example. When I was researching Love Thy Body, I found a page, a Kickstarter page, by a male-to-female transsexual. Uh, and she, the, the, she, the, the um, transsexual, Jessica, her name was Jessica, said um, she was making a documentary titled, I Am Not My Body. So that title pretty much says it all, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, we are totally disassociated from our bodies. And... And this is this is even in the language of the laws. When you have laws, uh, they're called SOGI laws. S O G I is sexual orientation and gender identity. So that's what they're being called, SOGI laws. And those laws repeatedly say things like, uh, transgender is a term for people whose gender identity differs from the sex assigned to them at birth. Assigned as if it's not really a biological fact, but just an arbitrary social construction. Mm-hmm. So that, the language is implying the scientific facts don't matter. They're not part of your authentic identity. And so laws like this, the so-called SOGI laws, are being used to impose this dualism that you talked about. It's a dualistic worldview that disparages the physical body as being inconsequential, it's insig- insignificant, it's irrelevant to who you are. And so you shouldn't think of laws as just uh, rules, you know, legal rules. They impose a worldview, mm-hmm. and they're being used to impose the worldview that denigrates our bodies and estranges people from their bodies, to see their, bo- their biological sex as having no relevance to who they are as whole persons. So what you're saying is that a secular society, we are separating uh, basically our, our body from our spirit. And in your book, you talk about that. We're to love our body, embrace it the way God made it. You know, And I love the fact that throughout the book, you talk about the feminine side. Let's say as a female, I'm born with more masculine uh, tendencies, masculine tendencies. I am a more bold person. I do like to get out there and tell it like it is. And then maybe there's some uh, males that are more feminine in, in the way that they approach. But what I loved about your book, uh, Professor, is that you talk about the fact we're supposed to embrace that and that there's so many stereotypical ways that are out there that society places on us. And so with that, as a mom, as parents, 
Um, you described so well about Brandon's parents. They had very wise words in your book. And when you quote them as saying to Brandon, it's not you that is wrong. It is the stereotypes that are wrong. And so as parents, uh, Professor, can you share with us that when kids come home who are struggling with these questions and decisions, they feel they need to make, what advice would you recommend to our parents that they should share with them? Well, I liked what you started saying right there, which was uh, this, today um, kids who don't fit the stereotypes are pressured to identify as gay or trans. You know, an 11-year-old girl I talk about in the book who came home from school saying, you know, the, the schools are pushing gender identity so much that kids are constantly asking, are you gay, are you trans? Um, in fact, her, her father finally said to her, you know, there's much more interesting things about people besides their gender. But Brandon was a, a child who had true gender dysphoria from a young age. Before he was even walking, while he was still crawling, his babysitter said to his mom, he's too good to be a boy, mm. by which he meant he, she, he was extraordinarily sweet, sensitive, compliant, gentle, things that we stereotypically associate with girls. And even in preschool, when his mom picked him up, invariably he was playing with the little girls, not the little boys. By elementary school, he was coming to his parents in tears, repeatedly saying, I think the way girls are, I'm interested in the things girls are. God should have made me a girl. This was a real battle. And in fact, by the time he was 14, he was researching the Internet for information on sex change therapy. So what did his parents do? Well, first of all, they made, made it very clear that they loved him just the way he was. I have had homosexual friends who said, uh, my, my father was baffled because I like poetry and music, and he tried to toughen me up by pushing me into more stereotypically masculine activities like sports. Mm. His parents, Brandon's parents were careful not to do that, to make him aware that, it was perfectly acceptable to be a sensitive, gentle, emotional boy. And they, what they would tell him is, it is possible that God has gifted you for one of the caring professions, mm-hmm. like counseling or psychologist or healthcare worker. And of course, it's also equally acceptable for a girl to be non-gender conforming, to be more assertive and rational and take charge. They also took him to the, they took him to Personality tests, like the, like the Myers-Briggs, and they showed him it's perfectly possible to be on either end of the spectrum. Sex is binary. You are male or female. You know, the modern, the modern uh, culture says oh, it's not binary. It's, it's a spectrum. No, sex is binary. You know, there's, there's sperm and there's eggs. There's nothing in between. Mm-hmm. Personality mm-hmm. can go across the whole spectrum. And Brandon's parents, like you said a minute ago, Brandon's parents kept telling him, it's not you that's wrong, it's the stereotypes that are wrong. And in the Bible, the gifts of the Spirit are not divided by gender. Prophecy and teaching are not masculine, as we might expect. Mercy and service are not feminine. The Bible says that the Spirit distributes them just as He wants to. Of course, the greatest man who ever lived, Jesus Christ, described himself as gentle and humble in heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So today, I, a lot of uh, uh, parents are not yet aware how 
how much young people today are under intense pressure to question their gender identity. Kids are coming home from first grade saying, Mommy, how do I know if I'm a boy or a girl? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you take them to a gender clinic, they will be fast-tracked into transitioning, into getting puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, surgery, and, and, and so on. In fact, it is now illegal in 20 states to counsel young people uh, who are questioning their gender feelings and to help them maybe come to terms with the fact that they really are male or female. No, you must immediately affirm their fe- their feelings or you lose your license. Wow, wow, that is just amazing. And in your book, you talk about 80 to 90% of the children who experience this gender incongruence, but they lose their feelings by adulthood. If you're just tuning in, yes, this is a hot topic today, ladies. We are talking about transgender God should have made me a girl. We're talking about this with author Nancy Piercy, who wrote Love Thy Body. Love Thy Body. And I love the the way that you come at this. It's to embrace the way God made us with feminine and masculine tendencies. That God is a God who knows you. He knows the plans for your life, the purpose for your life. And we're not to actually jump into stereotypical roles in America and, and across the world, actually, that box us in, but to embrace the way that God made us. I'm here with our co-host, Bev Canaris. Bev, thank you again. And I know that you've got just even more questions for our professor. I certainly do. Um, I think it's very interesting that you, you explain this wide range within the gender. I think that's very comforting and could be helpful for parents if they realize that wide range. Um, would you know They could help their child through this. Also, but the question comes to my mind after what you've just shared is this, that isn't it normal for people to question their sexuality before they're in an adult role? Some as late as in their 20s are kind of still a little mystified about sexuality and sex. You're right. And it, uh, most young people, uh, like the stat you just gave, is depending on the study, somewhere between 70 and 95% of young people do accept their biological sex as they go through puberty. You know, the rush of hormones that happen at puberty make many people who thought they might be the opposite sex or had some question about it, um, they come to terms with and accept their biological identity. Today, because of the pressure, many of them begin to say, well, maybe I'm really the opposite sex. And uh, let, me, let me tell you one story. There was an interview I read not long ago uh, with a 14-year-old girl who had actually lived as a trans boy for three years from age 11 and then reclaimed her identity as a girl. And in this interview, she said, the turning point came when I realized it's not conversion therapy to learn to love your body. Uh, this, this interview came out after my book was already published, but it would have been a great quote for a book titled Love Thy Body. Yes, and I, that is a great story, but you have many of those illustrations in your book that are so helpful. One thing, Nancy, we kind of switch gears here a little bit that is um, really on my heart and I know on Shug's heart here, too. Can you just tell us how the church can be more loving and humane and supportive of um, human rights than the secular communities? How is the church supposed to respond to these people who are caught up in this really lie from the culture? It's a denial of what's physically fact. It's kind of like the emperor's 
new clothes, you know. We're all saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's it, it, the masses have been, um, they're denying something that's totally uh, false. Yeah. What was interesting about the interview I just mentioned with a girl who had lived as a trans boy is that it was on a very secular, liberal website. And so what that means is even secular people are starting to see through this. You're starting to see people say transgenderism is based on body hatred. So body hatred, I thought that was great when I started seeing that in secular sites. So one thing, okay, practical steps. One thing is make common cause with secular people who understand the issues. Feminists are also very concerned about it because um, trans people are saying a man with his male equipment all intact still can claim to be a woman. And in fact, men have been put into women's prisons and some of them have been sex offenders. There's one, uh, there was a rather famous case in England where they, a man who had been a sex offender was put into a female prison because he claimed to be a woman and then promptly sexually assaulted four women and they had to move him out. But this is happening in many prisons today. So feminists are very concerned about that because if you want to protect women's rights, you have to be able to say what a woman is. If anyone with any body can say I'm a woman, I mean any body as in any physical body mm-hmm. can, can claim to be a woman, um, then it becomes impossible to argue for rights based on the sheer fact of being female. You cannot legally protect a category of people if we cannot identify that category. So that would be step number one, is there are secular people seeing through this, we should make common cause with them. In the church, notice the language I've been using. I've talked about honor your body, respect your biological identity, live in tune with your body, live in harmony with creator's design. We need to change our language. If we use positive language, we can overcome the negative image that Christians often have. We can show that God's moral rules are really intended to show, show us how to live with greater fulfillment. Um, and let me just give you one argument that I found surprisingly effective. I found it first with some of my secular friends, and then it turns out it's very effective with, with Christians as well, and it comes from the environmental movement. And you say, well, wait a minute, what's the connection? Well, one thing we've learned from the environmental movement is that to avoid pollution and ecological disasters, we need to respect the structure of nature. When we intervene, mm-hmm. we need to work with the natural order. And really, all Christians are saying is that we should respect the structure of our own biological nature. And the way God created us. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's not some evolutionary accident. It's part of the original design that God pronounced very good. It's part of the created order that's declaring the glory of God. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, God is saying you are very good. He loves you. He cherishes you. He lifts you up. He came and died for you. And I want to remind you, listeners, that our world has become so consumed about what sexual identity we are 
that we have lost sight of the fact that our identity is not in our sexual preferences. Our identity is not in the way our bodies are wired. Our identity is not in our feelings. Our identity is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is who he is. He came and died for us just the way we are. Why did he do that? Because he wants us to be united with him. And today, right now, you can have the power of God in your life by saying yes to Jesus. It's not yes to what you imagine the church is. It's yes to what Jesus Christ is in Scripture. And yes, men and women, we will fail. We will stumble. We will make mistakes. But God does not. He is an awesome God. I thank you so much, Bev Canaris, for being my guest co-host. Thanks, Shug. Professor Nancy Piercy, who wrote the book Love Thy Body. Professor, thank you so much for coming on. And ladies, until next time, we are here talking about the tough topics. This is Shugbury, over and out. <laughs>